Here we go. Episode 82 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo, and I'm joined, as always, with John Michael Masiri. JM, how are you? I'm doing good. I should ask you how you're doing. Your team's making all these moves. How well, are we feeling? First off, happy for you guys. I know that was a big... It's almost like a weight lifted off your shoulders. For So to my Yankee fan friends, congratulations. Thank you very much. I feel great. You know, I, I was walking in to my house just now, and I was saying to one of my friends on the phone, I said, I can't believe this is our life. Like, I can't believe, like, this is the world we live in now, that the Mets are just spending crazy amounts of money. And we're going to get into all of that. Uh, we're talking a little NFL later on. But the winter meetings were finally back the first time since 2019. And by the way, in 2019, a lot happened. Mm-hmm. Anthony Rendon was signed. Garrett Cole was signed. Steven Strasburg was signed to the worst contract maybe in baseball history. Yeah. So this was the first winter meetings since 2019. And it was very, very successful. So good job, MLB. Honestly, you're right. It's been it's been very enjoyable. Um you know, we've seen over the past couple of years that these guys just, they don't get signed. You know, the guys go into February and they still don't have deals. So uh, we know the train wreck we had last year, that CBA, the lockout, that thing was a freaking disaster. So this has been a very enjoyable offseason. Um, I think it's just starting, right? I mean, like a, a bunch of the big names uh, in terms of the free agent market are off the board. There's still some big guys out there as of we're recording right now at this point, there might not be some by the time this episode gets released tomorrow morning, but um, you know, you got Carlos Rodon, Carlos Correa is still out there. So there's still some names out there, but um, I don't think it's, it's far. I think it's far from over. I think you're going to see the trade market's going to start heating up. Um, So that'll be, that'll be really fun. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been enjoyable. It's been weird though. Because there's been some some really big, really long deals going on, and I'm not sure to, what to make of it. Like, I don't know if this is the way we're going to be going from this point forward in terms of the market. Well, yeah, I agree. You know, I don't. Did we have an episode? No, we did not. not. Since Jacob Degrom signed, so I went on it that was, day. Yeah, it was literally the day before. You're like, we posted it. You said you, he he was going to come back. We recorded the day that DeGrom signed, so a few hours before the news broke. And I said, oh, guarantee, lock it up. Mets are going to sign him. Signs a five-year deal with the Texas Rangers. Now, a lot has happened since then, like we were just saying. We are going to start with the New York Mets. But just quick on Jacob DeGrom, I mean, you, you brought up long contracts. That contract, I think, was – that's a long contract. And that is not – a place that the Mets were not willing to go to many other teams wouldn't have been willing to go to. And I think common sense, me and you, I don't think we would have been comfortable going five years with Jacob DeGrom. So I think it's funny now looking at the Nimmo deal of how the Mets thought about their off season, because the justification for why they let DeGrom go, if it was, you know, their decision, not his, I'm sure it was a mixture of both. But, um, you know, he's injury prone and they don't want to commit that many years. The Rangers gave him five years. The Mets weren't willing to do that. But then you go ahead and you look at this deal with Nimmo, who's a guy who's been just as injury prone as DeGrom has been. I mean, he's played over 100 games twice in his career. And um, they go out and they give him eight years. So to me, I think if Verlander's not on the market, I think the Mets, I think DeGrom's a Met. Personally, that's what I think that would have happened. 
Yeah, the Mets are in this situation where they're building the pitching staff as if it's just it's like the two-year windows, right? Right. Scherzer gets three years, and if he has a good year this year, he's going to opt out. So the Mets are building this in windows, where in two years, frankly, their whole rotation will be gone. It's going to be the oldest rotation in baseball, no? It is. Yeah. So they're kind of just working year to year with the rotation, and DeGrom did not fit that mold. Rodon does not fit that mold. So you're right. If Verlander was on the board, and they loved Verlander. I mean, you even when DeGrom was on the board, they still, you know, the reports, they love Verlander. I think they would have gone, you know, more to the closer to $40 million, $45 million a year for a short-term deal with DeGrom. I don't think right. they wanted each other. I think that's what it was. With right. They, yeah. DeGrom didn't want to be in New York, and you hear more stories out now a week, you know, since a week has gone by. And I don't think the Mets were that serious in, in wanting to bring him back. Is he a Texas guy? He's a Florida guy. He's a Florida guy. Because in his press conference, I thought I was picking up some sort of accent. But I guess you could have one from Florida, too. But He's a weird guy. He's a weird cat. I'd love to read. And, and I'm sure there's articles out there right now about him that I haven't read yet. I got to read about this guy and the whole negotiation. It's just it's so interesting. Yeah. But you got to applaud the Rangers, right? I mean, all, all we do is complain about um, teams like the A's and the Rays and the Guardians or whoever else, the Pirates that just sit there and don't spend money and complain, complain, complain. And when it comes to revenue sharing time and all that, they want a slice of the pie. So it's nice to see uh, a team, which isn't necessarily a small market, right? They're, they're, they're in uh, Arlington, which whatever the Dallas area, whatever the right. area is. Um, I mean, obviously they have to play under the shadow of the world series champion, Houston Astros, who have also mm-hmm. in their division, but good to see that they they're spending money by the boatload i mean the past two off seasons now they've gotten um they just got heaney so then Heaney, degrom gray Semyon, and seager that's it's a lot it's a lot of money they're spending underrated pickup too heaney i really yeah. like that i wanted that for the mets worst yankee they of grabbed all time. them yeah worst yankee of all time great dodger for 70 innings and there's a lot of upside there and, and he was paid like one you're 100% right. Give them credit. They're going out there and trying to win. Um, I question some things that they're doing, but again, good for them for spending money. The, the, the press conference today was, you know, was such a joke. I mean, you know, when, you, when you're acclimating yourself to a new team and new, new fan base, you want to say all the right things. But if you listen to Jacob DeGrom today speaking and the way he was saying it all, you know, they want to build a winner here. I want to bring a world series to Texas. You know, it's just, yeah, please say it wasn't wasn't the $185 million they threw in his face. Right. So good for Jacob. He gets $185 million. And by the way, no tax in Texas, which is a very good thing. So that's 185 Mm. straight. Well, not really straight, but close to straight. Right. Right. So, Let's stop talking about taxes and math, and let's talk about you just brought it up. The New York Mets, they did give an eight-year contract to Brandon Nimmo, $20 million a year just about. I love it. I I love Brandon Nimmo. You know, I know there's going to be question marks. I cannot not smile without talking about Brandon Nimmo. It's a risk. You're right. He, this was the first season in a while 
I think, you know, I don't even know how many games he played, but he played most games this year. I looked it up. He played like 150. Yeah. Yeah. And this was the first time in a while that he did not get hurt. It was, it was a shock mm-hmm. that he did not get hurt this season. So he, I don't think people realize how important he is to the team. He's lead off hitter. He's great in center field now. I mean, the, the improvements he's made, we've talked about the improvements he's made in center field and he's in a very important part of this lineup gets on base. He's developed a little bit of power, extra base hits. He, you know, he's a fast guy. He doesn't steal bases, which is the craziest thing, but he feels like a need for this team. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice get, um, or not. It's a nice job to keep him. Um, obviously, like we said, the eight years is a little risky, but $20 million a year, not for bad. a guy who had five war last year. It's really not bad. Um, 20 million is, is like the new 13 million, honestly, <laughs> like just, and, and that's why when people freak out about these really long deals, like judge, you know, I got some, some moronic Yankee fan friends of mine talking about, um, you know, Oh my God, it's nine year contract. This is just like the A-Rod deal, whatever. And and obviously, we don't know how Judge is going to pan out. He could have one more good year in him. We don't know that. But Judge, for example, he's going to be making $40 million in 2029. $40 million is not going to mean what it means right now in the year 2029. So Brandon Nimmo in the year 2029, $20 million is going to look like what they're giving out to, you know, borderline platoon, like platoon players are going to be making $20 million. I mean, the qualifying offers nine to $18 million. Exactly. So, um, I don't, I don't think it's a, a, a bad deal for the Mets. Um, they're the only way this really goes South is like, we're saying injury. I don't think performance is really a big risk here for the money that they're paying him per year. Let's just hope he stays on the field. But he's a, he's, a, he's a fine player. He's excellent at the plate. He can get on base really well. Um, his fielding's been a bit inconsistent over the course of his career. Looks like he's getting a little better. But, he was um, unbelievable in center field last year. I mean, I don't know what the numbers say, but, I mean, there were very rarely that he made a mistake in center field. So, is he your center fielder next year? Oh, yeah. He's the center 100%. fielder. 100%. No question about it. Okay. They because don't want rumors. Kevin. I heard Kevin Kiermeyer, this and that. Well, I think those would have been backup plans for if Nimmo would were to leave. Which, by the way, you asked me today at 12 p.m. I would have said no. I, I said Nimmo is gone. I was, yeah, I was just having this discussion, and um, I said he. I think he's good as gone. I was like, I don't. I don't think he's coming back. It seems like they're are teams out there that are like in love with this guy. And I don't know if the Mets are as in love with him as these other teams are. I mean, the Rockies, the Rockies get this like hard on for these players. Uh, like every off season, that's just like out of the blue. Well, you would have saw a crate. I'm telling you right now that the Mets got this deal done because they gave him more guarantee, uh, more years. Mm-hmm. But if let's say the Mets were out, you were going to see a crazy con. I think like 25 million plus a year for Brandon Nemo. If the Mets were out, here I'm, and it would I'm have been sure a blue there for yeah i think it was i'm i'm shocked this happened yeah. and, and the mets are not done we talked about it before they added a couple of guys i think they're gonna add kodai zenga as well the japanese pitcher um to fill bassett's role but they've added verlander to replace jacob we didn't talk about that 
They added Jose Quintana to replace. Who does Quintana replace? Walker. Which, by the way, we'll talk about Walker. That's a tough it's one. it's strange because I feel like Bassett has a really quiet market right now. I I haven't heard his name like at all. He's sitting there waiting because there are going to be teams that are desperate for starting pitching. Right. And granted, he's an older guy. He's thirty four as well, same age as Jacob Degrom. Yeah. But he does almost similar to Degrom, where he doesn't have the mileage on his arm because he was a reliever. He was hurt early in his career, so. He'll probably be a Blue Jay. That's like a Blue Jay contract. He's gonna get. He's gonna get a lot. I think he's yeah. gonna get four or five years at twenty to twenty-five million dollars. He's a great pitcher last year. No, he was really good. I just I don't feel comfortable giving these guys crazy contracts like that yeah. at that age. Yeah, like more than three years. And that's what he's gonna get. Verlander. Um, not, not, not much to say there. I mean, he won the Cy Young. If you keep him healthy and, you know, you're good to go. You have your ace. The the Verlander deal, it's, um yeah, obviously, like you said, he won the Cy Young. He's a great pitcher. The thing I would be concerned with if I was Mets fans is the obvious. Now you have two starting pitchers on your team that you're not committed to too long term. Right. But if these guys don't perform the way you expect them to next year, like, you're screwed. I mean, you know, you got two 40-year-old pitchers making $90 million combined, basically. Yeah, no, that wouldn't this, be ideal. You, you're really you're really getting, you want to hope that these guys pan out. I mean, Scherzer had a good year last year, did not pitch well in the wild card game. Uh, but, you know, you're not going to let one game define this contract for him. And, um, you know, Verlander's had his struggles in the playoffs recently. Uh, all time, he's not the best playoff pitcher. He's been a little up and down. Um, but, you know, coming off Tommy John, he had a Cy Young season. But let's see how that arm holds up for the next two years. Wonder if a change of scenery will uh, make any difference. He's also going to be pitching in a bit of a colder environment. Let's see if that has to do with anything. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a sensible, smart deal for the Mets to do now. I mean, they didn't really have much options to to fill those shoes of Jacob deGrom. He's really the only guy that could do it. Um, but let's hope it pans out for them because it's a lot of mo- a lot of money they're throwing at forty year old pitchers. Hope it works. Big risk. Mm-hmm. Hope it works. Scherzer was great last year. Um, he was on the IL a couple of times. We spoke about him. He was he was really really good. And as long as he's healthy and, and, and they got him going, I, I think Scherzer is less risk. Because think about it, this guy's a psychopath. He can opt out after this year. Oh, and if he out. has an if he has another year like he did last year. Maybe a few more innings. Yeah. He's going to opt out. He's going to want another contract, mm-hmm. which would be ideal, I think, for the Mets. But So what's the Mets number at now? 328. Holy crap. Honestly, you were you were saying in the beginning of the show, you guys deserve it. Like, going through this uh, just horrible ownership and the laughing stock that the Mets were over the past couple decades – uh, I, I pray that, um, you know, things are going good for my Jets right now, actually. The Jets, the ownership is not as bad. Like, Woody Johnson is not as bad of an owner as the Will Ponds. Were. No. Like, let's, let's be honest. No. Woody Johnson, he's not the best owner in sports by any means, but he's also not a dysfunctional moron that the Will Ponds were. Um, but good for you guys to to be having a, a smart owner that's uh, spending money. And I hope that our uh, if there's any Washington Commanders fans that watch this podcast, I hope that you guys also one day – have the same situation for you because that team is just Jesus. No, it feels like soon that's coming to an end in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. 
Uh, let's move on to the Yankees here, who obviously they bring back Aaron Judge. I've seen exactly what you're going to talk about with these Yankee fans. I've seen from two guys, two of your favorite people in sports media, Colin Cowherd and Mike Francesa. Oh, yeah, hate, my favorites. Hate the contract. I mean, hate it. I listened to them the past couple of days now, and basically their their reasoning is that nine-year contracts, 10-year contracts never work out for the team. I, you know, I disagree with this statement because I don't care what's going to happen in seven or eight years. I'm not worried about that right now. And I think that's how you feel. Exactly. This is what those shallow minded morons that somehow have these long, <laughs> illustrious sports radio careers. Wow. That was, that was aggressive. Judge. That was aggressive. <laughs> Howard, I can't stand Mike Francis. I'm sorry. Coward, coward. I can tolerate. Francis is just like an, an ignorant, arrogant guy. He's just the worst. Um, The New York Yankees are in a championship window right now. Like, who are the best players on the New York Yankees right now? Aaron Judge, 30 years old. John Carlos Stanton, 32 years old. Garrett Cole, 31, whatever he is. These guys are not getting younger. And they're on these big deals. And I'm sure by the year 2027, we're going to have a lot of money committed to these guys. And we're going to be like, crap, they're not that good. The time is right now. What? The thing that I would say to the people like that and the people that uh, I've had countless people reach out to me saying um, that this contract is is bad and it's, you know, it's too long. I hate these long deals. What I would say to that is, what was your alternative? How were we going to be a competitive baseball team without Aaron Judge? The guy is literally Derek Jeter, but better. I think that's pretty obvious. He's a better player than Derek Jeter is. Right. He's the same type. He's the heartbeat of this team. Me personally, those five minutes that Arson Judge was on the San Francisco Giants, <laughs> I could not. I, first of all, I was beyond depressed. Like, I could date a girl for 10 years and she could break my heart. I don't think I'd be as depressed as I was for those five minutes. Wow. I was. I couldn't fathom watching the Yankees without Aaron Judge, and I couldn't fathom the team being good without Aaron judge. I mean, you're talking about replacing 62 home runs, 10 war, the number two, three leadoff hitter, wherever the hell he is on, on your lineup, a gold glove defender. Like the guy is a unicorn. He's one in a million. You cannot replace him. So what was your alternative? You have to keep your superstars and to all the spoiled Yankee fans. Cause these are the same people that are complaining why do we give him this contract? These are the same people that I was ranting about on this show a couple of months ago that, oh, we don't spend enough money. How's cheap? If the boss was around, we'd have ABC. We'd have the freaking all-star team. But when we actually give the money out, all of a sudden it's like, these guys are economics professors. They're like, <laughs> well, uh, I don't understand. Like, this is a horrible contract. Why are you doing an Italian accent? Is that something against Italians? No, I could listen. I could rag on. I'm an Italian American myself, but I'm yeah, not. It's just can. I'm trying to be your stereotypical Yankee fan. All these people I'm talking to, which no, I, I guess is me too, as an Italian American Yankee fan. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the same. It's the same crap. It's spoiled brats who will never be happy if we win a World Series. They'll say, "Ah, oh, now we're gonna have a World Series hangover." That will be their reaction if we win a World Series. They just it's just the fans that will never be happy. And they're just miserable, spoiled brats. Yeah. Um, 
it had to be done. I mean, if you're going to replace Aaron Judge, you're going to be replacing Aaron Judge with two got two guys basically. You would have had to replace him with, and they would have been long contracts, and they would have costed more than Aaron Judge at forty million dollars a year. It would have been such a terrible look if Hal Steinbrenner and the New York Yankees couldn't keep their own. Let me ask you a question, real quick. Yeah, the replacement for Judge. In terms of, you know, if you want to combine war or, or uh, money or whatever, of who would equate to the loss of Aaron Judge, it'd probably be something like Brandon Nimmo and Xander Bogarts. That's exactly what I was going to say. And not only would that cost more money than Aaron Judge, by the way, Xander Bogarts has got 11 years. He's going to be paid till he's 41 years old, and Brandon Nimmo just got eight. Um, not only would it cost more, well, you're telling me you'd rather have those two guys than just Aaron Judge? I would not. I'm sorry. No, Aaron Judge is more than a baseball player to the New York Yankees. To the San Diego Padres, to the San Francisco Giants, he's a superstar that is going to add talent to their team and, and bring them closer to a World Series. Yeah. To the New York Yankees, he's everything. He is going to be the captain. He's a guy that is going to have his number retired, most likely. He is a guy that they built a section in the stands in right field called the judges' chambers, and people put on wigs and robes and go to baseball games looking like that. Yeah, Like, he's more than just the player to the New York Yankees. And sure, he would have been treated differently out there, too, and he would have been a superstar, and they would have sold more tickets because he's on the team. But it just meant more to the New York Yankees to have him back, and he realized it. And he's very smart to have realized it because I th I heard this analogy and you said it. I'm pretty sure. Do you want to be Robinson Cano or do you want to be Derek Jeter? No. You know, you said it. It's it's perfect. It's a perfect analogy because Cano was offered a good contract by the Yankees, and he ran out west and was nothing. Mm -hmm. This was a and by the way. The whole negotiation and the tactics by the agents and the player, which we can get to, truly unbelievable. If these yeah. agents don't have people knocking at their door right now, to, you know, for them to be their clients, I, I don't know what yeah. athletes are doing. It truly was like a masterclass of negotiating. Yeah. <laughs> like he he got every single cent out of the New York Yankees. Yeah, let's start off with. Do you remember the video, the TMZ like oh, video God, yeah. in San Francisco in the airport? Ugh. That was completely staged. That was not somebody just what you know, randomly seeing Aaron Judge in the airport in San Francisco. That was somebody he knew videotaping him. Then you had that Times Magazine article that came out the day that you know Arson Judge signed with the Giants, the day before he ended up signing with the Yankees. That Time Magazine stating that. 10 years ago in high school in his yearbook, he said he was going to be married to his now wife and he was going to be playing with the giants and that he was pissed off about how the negotiations went in April to him. Then the Yankees not knowing he was going to be in San Diego and then taking a meeting with the Padres. All of that was just perfectly played to then get Hal Steinbrenner to go to nine years at 360. I, I about, love those stuff. How about all the stuff? Remember the trade deadline or uh, uh, the all-star break? I mean, when they're asking him questions yep. and uh, they asked him about the Red Sox, about, you know, playing at Fenway Park or whatever. And he said, oh, they got great fans out there. And everybody's like, oh, Judge is going to the Red Sox. So, yeah, the Red Sox didn't even give him an offer. Like, 
we just this is what people like we do like we read in the stuff that has no meaning and it's just it's hysteria it's just stupid it started a while ago this whole ploy and it worked it, it, it truly worked he made it seem like he didn't want to be a Yankee or was seriously considering other options to then in the end showing his cards to Hal Steinbrenner on the phone. Well, by the way, what the hell is Hal Steinbrenner doing in Italy? I mean, Jesus Christ, it's the, it's the, it's the winter meetings. And what the hell are you doing in Italy? Well, no, if, if they, I swear to God, JF, you know, this town, you know, Yankee fans, if they did oh. not sign Aaron judge and it was found out that this guy was in Italy, he would have been done. Yeah, there, there'd be a, there'd be a riot on the, the, uh, at the airport in front of uh, the terminal that Hal Steinbrenner's, uh, Hal Steinbrenner's plane was landing into. That would be, yeah, that'd be bad. Christopher Russo said this perfectly. I know that's another one of your favorites. I actually um, don't mind Russo. I love him. I love him. Yeah. I love Francesca. Too. I think he's cool. Francesca sucks. Russo said, Christopher Russo said uh, today or yesterday, something, one of the past two days, he said, Hal Steinbrenner wouldn't have been able to walk into his own stadium if he didn't sign Aaron Judge. And oh, I think he, that was perfectly said. He gets booed already. He gets yeah. booed at charity events. You think if Aaron Judge didn't come back that he wouldn't get beer cans thrown at him? Yeah, That'd be the nicest thing that would get thrown at him. Yeah. So good on the Yankees. And now listen, they need to do more, right? You know, oh, this 100%. Is just, yeah. This is running it back. I don't even think it is running it back. I think it's less than running it back if they went back with this team right now. Carlos Rodon is an option, and, and I, they seem like they're the favorites to get him. Andrew Benatendi, you know, I would bring him back. I would seriously consider yeah. that. I think if the Yankees make these moves, I don't think this is crazy. I think they should be the favorites to win the World Series. And if they if they brought these guys in and you know, things go their way. They should be representing the American League in the World Series. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. They're they're running it back as of right now, or if you want to say they're running it back with even less. But, yeah, there, there's room to be made. Uh, I mean, there's uh, room for uh, moves to be made. And the Rodon possibility, I think, is the biggest move they can make right now and the uh the best move they can make that could really take them to a next level to get them closer to the Astros because I think yeah Verlander's gone but I think Houston is still the favorite right they just got Jose Abreu that they're they're not really losing anybody they're gonna be just Verlander was probably gonna be the second best pitcher on that team next year anyways from Valdez is looking nastier and nastier by the day and Javier Um, is Looked yeah, even better yeah. as the year went on last They're year. They're not really missing a step, the Astros. They'll probably yeah. win another 105, 110 games next year and be right back at it. But you got to get better than them. And, um, you know, we want to see some aggression out of the Yankees this offseason. Obviously, giving a guy $360 million to keep him is showing aggression. But that's just to keep the way your team is right now. You got to go get Rodon. You got to address left field. Like you said, Ben Intendi's a possibility. I'd like to maybe see them uh, try for Brian Reynolds. I know they're interested in him. That'd be a really nice get. Um, we'll see what happens with the middle infield now. You know, Glaber's name's been thrown around with trade talks. I know he uh, he voiced a little frustration that his name was being thrown around. Um, you got Peraza, who should be the opening day shortstop. Volpe is, bang- is knocking on the door. He's in AAA. He's one of the best prospects in baseball. IKF should not touch a field in 2022 for the New York Yankees. Six million. I see the Red Sox need a shortstop. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, But I'm really interested to see if the Yankees are going to make a move uh, to get rid of one of 
Donaldson or Hicks. I think IKF is the least likely to go. Um because he's just not making a ton of money yeah. and they might want to just keep him around right now. But Donaldson making that 25 million, Hicks making 10 million with a couple years left. Let's see if they trade one of them or both of them in the same deal uh, and attach a couple prospects because they, they got to get some guys off their back. Uh, Josh Donaldson, I don't know who the hell is going to take that guy. No, that that would be tough. I think probably Hicks you'd have a better chance at. You attach a prospect, you get him off just to relieve you know some of this money for – because I think at this point, I mean, if they were to make the moves that we're talking about, they would be over $300 million with yeah. their payroll. They should They're be. not going to want that. Yeah. But if they can relieve some of that and, and right. a move is to be made, then, then they're going to do it. But it's going to be tough. That that That's not an easy ask. It's, you know, what sales pitch do you give to give a team Josh Donaldson? Hey, you don't. He, here's basically... a washed up third baseman who everybody hates because <laughs> that, he's an ass. That's the most difficult. And he makes I think $25 that's... million. Dollars. That's the difficult part because you can kind of, I, I guess you could sell it if he's a leader, if he's a good guy, if, you know, he can add some veteran presence to a bad team. You can eat the money and, and bring a prospect in. He's not even, a good, he's just not a good guy. It just no. makes it so much more difficult. I don't know. We'll see what happens with the New York Yankees, though. Your rival Red Sox lost yet another player. They lose Xander Bogarts to the San Diego Padres. 11 years, 280 million, brought it up before. Well, we woke up to this news. I genuinely 11 years. I was shocked. Shocked. 11 this was it's such a weird negotiation that went on because you had the Red Sox. I don't know if you saw that about uh Heim Bloom that he was like in the airport like distraught that the Red Sox didn't sign Bogarts. Like the Padres got him. He was like depressed. He, whatever. Um, it was a really weird negotiation because in the article that I read, they said that Bogarts wanted to stay, but the Red Sox were so far off that he just couldn't consider them. He was like, yeah. I, I can't. Like he's like, I want to stay, but like this is ridiculous. I'm I'm leaving. Like I have so many better offers in so many other places. And all the teams that negotiated with Bogarts valued him 200 million plus the red Sox were the only team that did not value him of 200 million dollars plus that to me is crazy i think high should be fired honestly like the way he's handled this team between bets getting traded now with bogarts they've they signed story last year and now they can't afford bogarts it it it, it doesn't make any sense now jd martinez is gonna walk which that's no big deal like that's you know, that's expected. You know, I'm not going to kill yeah. him for that. Um, but when you look at this team now, it wasn't good last year, and I don't see how it's going to get better now. They just signed uh, freaking Masataka, whatever the hell. I always forget how to say his name. Yoshida. Masataka Yoshida. There we go. The guy hasn't touched a, a baseball in, in the major leagues yet, and he's making $90 million over five years. That's crazy. I saw um, one scout said that that was two times the amount he should have gotten. Yeah, that's that's where you put your money, and then you go out and you get Kenley Jansen making $16 million a year to close games as 35 years old? And Isn't that's that really a, their biggest need right now is a freaking closer? 
it would have been a move to make if you were competing this year. Yeah. Rebuild your bullpen, get a solid closer. Well, listen, he was good last season. He was good the year before with you know with Atlanta. So if you're competing, yes, but this isn't a team competing. You this is a, the Boston Red Sox went toe to toe with the New York Yankees for the past two decades. They've won more championships since the start of the century. They've spent money with the Yankees with the top of the league. They've spent the most money in past years. Yep. And like you said it before, you hire this money ball guy from the Tampa Bay Rays to come run your organization, and now you're letting stars walk. And Rafael Devers is one of the best players in all baseball. He's going to be gone soon, too. He's going to get a mega deal. He's going to get a Bryce Harper-esque 13 years, something like that, in the offseason. And I don't know if they're going to give it to him. And I'm seeing – and and now I'm seeing people saying, oh, you know, well, Bogarts is gone, but let's not forget Dansby Swanson is out there. I don't think they're going to get Dansby Swanson. Why let Bogarts go and then bring Swanson over? That's not an upgrade. You're downgrading. That's just malpractice at that point. Like, you're going to let Bogarts go, a guy you know is successful, beloved by the fans, know he could play in Boston. You you know exactly what you're getting out of that guy. You're going to let him walk and then sign a, a free agent who plays in a different league, bring him over here, and hope that he performs just as good as Bogarts did for around the same money, probably more money or more years? No. It's, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, they're not doing their fans right. I mean, they're not doing a good job, obviously. They're not doing their fans right. They're not doing their own players right. They just had to witness the best player the franchise has seen in years get traded away to the Reds, to the the Dodgers, and get a monster contract that the franchise could have very easily afforded. That is the single worst move in Red Sox franchise history, probably. Mookie Betts is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is going to have easy hall of fame numbers by the time he retires yeah he's like a he's a top five player in baseball over the past five years and he's gonna continue to be one for a contract that if you look at the ones that have been given out the past few years is not bad at all 12 years 365 million dollars for a really really good player all right let's move into the phillies here because they've been very active very active this offseason. So, obviously, they win the NL pennant. And roster's loaded. Lineup's great. Go out and add Trey Turner for $300 million at 11 years. Go out and sign Taiwan Walker for a year, $72 million. Adding to the bullpen. This was an already stacked team. Seems like they're getting better over there in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean... If sports went like this and if baseball went like this, where you just said, oh, well, they made the World Series last year. They just added Trey Turner and Taiwan Walker. They got so much better. They have to win the World Series this year. That would be nice <laughs> if you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. Um, yeah, Thankfully, I, it's how it works. I like, the, I like the Turner deal. And when it happened, I was like, wow, 11 years is a lot. $300 million, I wasn't really blown away by that. I thought, honestly, he was going to get more money than that when you look at the deals like Corey Seager, who got more money than that. Um, but the Bogarts deal, I feel like, makes the Turner deal look better because it's the same amount of years, and it's $20 more million. And to me, I would expect Turner to get at least $20 million more than Bogarts did. 
Yes, I agree. I just don't like 11 years for a player that has had an injury history that relies on his athleticism and speed. And this could end up bad. The, the amount of money each year isn't bad. $27 million. I think it is a year is not terrible at all. It really isn't. It's the length for me. Yeah. He relies on the speed. He's not the greatest defender. He's not a very good defensive shortstop. Um, his speed is part of what makes him such a phenomenal player. Well, let's not forget, like, he's still a great hitter. It's not like he's, you know, yes, no, I, I a slap I hitter, you know, who just slaps singles around all day and beats out ground balls. Like, no, this guy's an MVP what? candidate, like a legit yeah. MVP candidate. Yes. Um, now, in terms of how do I think the Phillies are going to be next year, the lineup is stacked, right? You look at the lineup, it's very good. Um, the pitching, you got Nola, you got Wheeler. Very good one two punch there. It's the same crap that we've been dealing with the Phillies for years now. It's going to continue. Luckily, their pitching held up for them enough to the point that they, they got all the way to the World Series. Let's see if this team in a very competitive division again next year is going to be able to compete at the top with the pitching staff that they have. Um, I don't know if Walker... It's it's a nice signing. Um, Walker's been an inconsistent pitcher his whole career. He's been very up and down. Um, especially remember that first year with the Mets, he was like a phenomenal, he was like an all-star. And then the second half, he was like, he shouldn't even be in double a. And his, his second half last season, I mean, was better than it was in the first year, but it wasn't great last year. He seems to kind of fizzle out. Um, but w- let's see, you know, um, we, we talk about how the, the MLB playoffs are such a crapshoot. I, I still don't see the Phillies, even though they made it to the world series. I don't view them as a top five team in baseball. I think they're, I do. Very, I I do. I don't. I think they're a very good team. I th- I personally, I think that they're they're definitely not the best team in their division. And I gotta look at the rosters and look how the off season shakes up. But I don't know if I'd say they're better than the Mets. I don't know. I think that lineup is legit. It's a ver- at- it's a very good lineup. It is. You a gotta very- yeah. Look at it like this. Castellanos isn't gonna be as bad as he was last season. He's gonna get better. You say that, but he might. You don't know. We said the I, same thing uh, about DJ LeMahieu, and you know he had a decent year last year. Started getting hurt, and ended up having kind of the same year he had in his first year. So it's actually know. not the worst comparison in the world. But yeah. I, I think he's too talented of a hitter. Plus, when Harper is able to come back in June ish, whenever that is, from Tommy John, they may be able to give him some rest um, in the outfield because Castellanos you know, was, I mean, yeah, him and Schwarber was going to be the DH, but they were going to be able to give Castellanos days last year. This guy's in the outfield every day. His defense had to be perfect in right field. And that I definitely think took a toll on him. They have a good pitching rotation. Ranger Suarez was really good last season. They expect him to be good this year. They have this kid, Brady Falter. I think that's his name. He's going to be their fifth or sixth starter. They have this insane pitching prospect coming up. He looks like he looks like he's going to be a stud. I don't know if he's going to be ready yet. It's going to come down to health and if the bullpen is going to pitch like they did in the postseason last year. That's what this is going to come down to. Right. Well, we'll see, man. This division it's not getting it's not getting easier for you, unfortunately. No. And it's it's, no. it's it's it might be getting easier for me. We'll see. Yes, might be. Don't but, know. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine today. Yeah. 
who told me that the Miami Marlins are, he said, to put a futures bet on the Miami Marlins to like either win the World Series or have some sort of outstanding success in the 2022 season. And I quite literally laughed in his face. The Miami Marlins have good rotation, right? Alcantara, Cy Young, Lazaro might turn out to be a pretty good pitcher. They got a couple nice young guys in there. Pablo Lopez, who they might trade. Who knows what's going to happen with him. Um, they don't spend money and I'm not sure if they have nine guys there who know how to hit a baseball. So they're going to win. What was the future bet? It was was over on wins. It was no, it was definitely not just that. It was something like crazy, like make the playoffs, make the playoffs, win the world series. One of those. And I was nuts. Quite literally laughing. Not going to lie. I had their over win total last year. I, I, I bet it. Yeah. Um, they didn't go over, by the way. Who's their manager now? Who would they get? Oh, Jesus. What's his name? I forgot. He used to be a player. Is he? Oh, yeah. Um, I know. I know it. Oh, you're, God. You're going to say it, and I'm going to know it. He's young, right? Yeah, he's a young. Oh, Scott Schumacher? Schumacher. Skip Schumacher. Skip Schumacher. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Look at that. Look at a couple years ago. He's like really young. Yeah. Look at the brain work in there. Um, I I keep getting Twitter notifications thinking that it's Jeff Passan tweeting something, you know, important. And it's just Stu Finer tweeting in all caps. So you you have Stu Finer's uh, tweet notifications on. Yeah. That's hot. Anyway, love my boy Stu. We we spoke about the Red Sox. I don't want to get more in depth to them because they're just a joke. Let's talk about these little Chicago Cubbies making some moves. Yeah. I, think we're gonna, I think we're gonna disagree here, actually. All right. Uh, they signed Cody Ballinger to the one year, $17.5 million contract. They signed Jamison Tyone to a four year, $68 million contract, which I think is good. I wanted Jamison Tyone on, on the Mets. He had a huge market, um, and the Cubbies grabbed him. Let's start with Ballinger. Do you don't like this? I despise it. No, I hate okay. it. Okay. I mean, listen, one-year deals are obviously no harm, no foul at the end of the day. But to $17, 18000000 million to a guy who's been one of the worst position players in baseball over the last two years is crazy. I know the guy won an MVP a couple of years ago, but let's remember, remember a couple of things. A, that was 2018, 19, whatever that was. Um, B... That was when all the baseballs were had little tiny bouncy balls inside of them or whatever the hell was going Juiced on. Juiced up. Juiced up baseballs. Um, that's got a big deal to do with uh, – a, a big factor to do with it. And um, I'm not sure if Cody Bellinger is an everyday player anymore. I'll be honest with you. He's, he's really – he's not. I mean, if you look at his numbers over the last two years, he's definitely not an everyday player. Here's the thing with Bellinger. Great – Defense and center fielder. I don't think anybody can take that away from him. He's a great defender. There is some sort of upside that people feel that is there with him. I'll tell yeah, you right of now. Of course, yes. I think I've said this three times now. If Nimmo left, he was a guy that I wanted. Good defense and center field and the upside that he could possibly bring with his bat. If, big if, he found himself with the Chicago Cubs in this one year. The Cubs now have the opportunity to bring this guy back, give him that contract extension. 
They found his he's found his home and the Cubs may have found a star here. Honestly, I think it's the opposite. I think if anything, he's going to the Cubs because they're not the greatest team and they gave him the money and he could get his opportunities and bat in the middle of the order and maybe boost his stock up, have a good year, and then get that really big contract somewhere else. Well, why can't both be true? What? That he'll get it from the Cubs? Like I'm saying, he... He's going there, and I, I completely agree. He's going to a lesser team. He wants to play. He will play, and he's trying to raise his value. He could be raising his value for other teams next year in free agency, or he could be raising his value for the Cubs who say, listen, here's a guy that's been a superstar in the past. He's having a superstar-like year or star-like year. Let's bring him back. Let's give him an extension. We have him in the building right now. I think that's the upside for the Cubs that possibly he returns to form, and for Bellinger, it's a one-year deal. Prove it. Let's see what you got. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but I don't know if the Cubs are going to have the ability to do that. I think if if he has a really good year next year and has the ability to reset his value and go get a really big deal from the Cubs or whoever else, I think they're going to have a bit of a hard time keeping him because they, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are being very aggressive to have him sign with them. The amount of rumors I've heard about the Cubs the past year or so now it's truly remarkable that they're going to sign this guy, this guy, this guy. You know, remember they were in on Correa last year. They had meetings with all the big shortstops this year, and two of them are gone, so they have a chance at the other two. But it's strange that you hear all this about a team that's been rebuilding for the past couple of years now, but they want one of these big stars. And it's not, not like they don't have the money. They're a big market team. They could easily afford whoever the hell they want. It and makes, It makes sense. No, I mean, you know, if, if it was the Mets, I'd, I'd really be ripping on it because really that's a team that, you know, is, is in contention for a world series and you're going to go give $18 million to a guy who is in a prove it type of deal and has been awful. And you're, that's a very big risk that is just not worth taking for I love a team deals. for a team. It makes sense for the Cubs for a team that, um, is not expecting to be a big contender next year. Say, hey, maybe we could get a steal here. This guy could be a, a an MVP candidate. And we're paying him eighteen million dollars because he has been in the past. Yes, that makes sense for a team like the Cubs. Um, I just don't. The only reason why I'm really ragging on this is I just don't understand the eighteen million dollars. Like, how the hell did he get eighteen million dollars? Well, good for him. Mm-hmm. Not counting his money. Where do you think Correa goes before we end this nice long baseball segment? Where do I think Correa goes? Um, he's. I think he ends up in San Fran. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think he'll go to San Fran. The Red Sox, who the hell knows? I mean, I hate that guy already. I, I would hate him even more if he goes to the Red Sox, which I didn't even know was possible to hate him more. But um, mm. yeah, I'd say one of those. Yeah, I think San Francisco kind of feels like the most obvious choice. They have the money. They want a big name. They want a star. So I'd say Boston. I mean, Boston. I'd say San Francisco. And Swanson? Where does Swanson go? I mean, I, I've thought all along back to the Braves. I'm but seeing Arizona. I saw Arizona with Xander. The GM drafted him or someone was there when they drafted him. Also, what about the Rockies? Maybe they throw their hat in the ring. I doubt it, it. They get those, like I said, they get these weird hard-ons for these players. Maybe they're like, hey, Carlos. Or Swanson, Danny, Swanson's not somebody I, I'm interested in. Uh, yeah. I think he's a good player. 
I think he's a fine player, but for the price that it's going to be with the way these free agent shortstops have been signed, I, I don't know. And plus, I don't know what the Braves are going to do, but if the Braves are staying away because the price is too much, you tend to follow smart organizations. Yeah. Unless they're in on him. Yeah, they might be in on their own guy. I don't know. But if the Braves do not sign him and and the price is high, you, I got roll with the smart organizations. Okay. It's also good that we haven't heard about the Braves all offseason. Yeah. Really good. Do they really need to do anything? No, not at all. They yeah. don't have to do a single thing. They'll be the favorites next year. Okay. Take a break. Get to a little football. When we come back. The S&D Podcast Channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. Episode 82 of the Hardline Sports Talk. Baseball's been fun lately. Baseball has been fun. Now is a long segment. It's time for football. We're in the middle of things. Week 14 coming up. Last week, we saw the return of the infamous Deshaun Watson, who really looked like crap. I mean, the fact that the Houston Texans not only just cover the game, even win the game. I mean, Jesus Christ. Did you see the way the Browns scored their three touchdowns? The Browns defense slash special teams won the game. Yeah, it was truly remarkable. And I was one of those idiots that bet on the Texans last week, plus seven and a half. So, yeah. Anyway, Sean Watson back. Let's play a little Fortunately, game. Yes. Let's play a little game here. Deshaun Watson is obviously going to be rusty. And I think that it's important that the Browns get him on the field the rest of the season, whether they make the playoffs or not, whether they, whether they win a damn game or not, I don't care. They need to get him ready to go. So for next year, it's not, you know, Oh my God, what does the NFL look like? This is important. These few games are important, but let's talk. Let's talk comparing him to other quarterbacks i'm going to give you a name and i'm going to see whether you'd want and i'll answer the question too whether you'd want deshaun watson or player a gotcha you ready yep okay deshaun watson is this wait hold on hold on is this like now or over the next like five years i'm thinking over the next five years okay okay deshaun watson or kirk cousins how old's Kirk Cousins? He's not young in football terms. Um, I'll go to Sean Watson. I agree. I would go to Sean Watson. Get to remember something. And this is a very long time yeah, ago. He's, but be- he's 34, so yeah. Before all these, you know, allegations and before the injuries with Deshaun Watson, even the contract situation with Deshaun Watson, he was like one of my favorite. And I think you, you too. He's my one of my favorite players in the NFL. I oh, loved yeah. watching this guy play. He's electric. Okay, let's continue. Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray? Oh God, I'm I'm not a big Murray fan. I'll go Watson. Just because of the, the the potential, when Watson's at his best, he's way better of a player than Kyler Murray is. I don't know if Watson will reach that potential at all. I mean, I think it might take him a while to get back to that. If not, he might never get back to that, but I'll take Watson. How 
do you think that the and I'll take Watson too. Do you think that he's got like his career is screwed up for at this point? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. All right. Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence? Lawrence. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over Deshaun Watson. I'm a big Trevor Lawrence guy. I, I tend to agree there. This is a good one. Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott? Yeah, Dak. I I would go Deshaun. Okay. No, I'm, t- I'm taking Dak. Like I said, Watson is a fine player. I, I just, I think not playing for two years, like, he might have had some talent that worked two years ago, and maybe the game is too fast for him now, or what you know, the game changes year by year. Yeah, he's coming in now, new team, new contract, new coach, new everything. And I don't know if he's ever going to get back to where he was. And I'd take a proven guy in Dak Prescott, who I think could get even better on taking Dak Prescott. You know what you can get, you know, what you're getting this, with uh, Dak. This is also. Based off talent, if I actually was building a franchise right now, I'd take you know Brock Purdy over Deshaun Watson because he's just a scumbag. But right, just off talent, yeah. Well, it's also not to disrespect Brock Purdy, who was really good. Well, yeah, he's um, him. Yeah, he's him. All right, this was a conversation. I think even before, I, mean, I, I, I think we've actually had this conversation. Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? Oh my goodness, it's not even close, Lamar. Lamar, yeah, I was talking to a couple of people today, you know, friends, nothing, nobody, you know, in the business. Yeah, and I'm even listening to some, you know, shows takes dislike Lamar Jackson. I mean, people truly believe you cannot win with Lamar Jackson. Why? I don't know. How can I you don't do know. that? His he's had Hollywood Brown has been his best receiver there his entire career, and now he's got. Devin Duvernay and James Prochet and Demarcus Robinson to work with or whoever the hell he's got over there. I mean, Mike, Mark Andrews is the only pass catcher on that team who's of a above average level. Right. He's what? I don't get that. I watched him play the Jets week one. And listen, our defense it was not what it was week one that what it is now. We didn't have an identity yet, but the throws he makes. He's got an arm, man. Everybody obviously thinks about the legs, but he's got a hell of an arm on him. I certainly would throw a bag at him this offseason if I'm the Jets. Yeah, I think many teams should consider it. I would go Lamar, too, but I think if you were asking me this question two year, three years ago, two years ago, whenever the last time Deshaun Watts was playing, I would have taken Deshaun Watts. Oh, if you're asking me these questions three years ago, there's maybe one or two quarterbacks, I would say, over right. Deshaun Watts. Right. I mean, he was already a top-five quarterback in the league. Yes. All righty, Deshaun Watson or oh, I don't want to go with this one. Tua Tagovailoa. This is the next two oh. legit. You know, Tua. Effing questions. I've been a Tua hater. I'll admit it. I did not think he was going to be good. Um, I'm pretty sure on a prediction show, I predicted the Dolphins to be an okay team just because I thought Tua was going to hold them back. Uh, he didn't look good last week, but he's had a very good season, and he's been a very efficient quarterback. His advanced stat- statistics back it up. He's had very good accuracy over the course of the season. I'm going to take Tua. Wow. I am going to take Tua. What a 180. I mean, how do you not take Tua 
just because he wins. All the guy does is win, and like his passer rating is very good. Yeah, obviously he's in a very nice situation. He's got fantastic receivers all around him, good weapons, good, uh, a, a smart offensive-minded coach. Um, but I think he's a talented quarterback. I'm taking Deshaun. Right. I still have this this you know strictly on the field. I have this love for his game, and I, I think he's going to get back to at least close to what he was. And then, like you said, he's a top five quarterback, maybe inside the top five. All right. Deshaun Watson or Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert, not even close. Okay. All right. Justin, yeah. yeah, that's no. Deshaun Watson or Justin Fields? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson or Geno Smith? Five years, Deshaun Watson. Next year. Just next year. This year and next Gino. year. Geno. Wow, really? Let Geno rock. He ain't can, right back. Can I ask a question? Geno Smith, potential starting quarterback for the New York Jets next year. How do you feel about that? Oh, now he, now he shakes no. his head. Now he God, goes, no. No. Why the hell would we bring him back? Like, I think he's a, a good quarterback. But it's like... Dating a new girl, everything's going great, and going. You know what? I want to break up with her and date that crazy ex. I had is it really? Ago. Is it really going great though? What, what's going great? What They're, new girl? What new girl do you have? What new quarterback? No, 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 no. What I'm new girl do you Gino. have? I'm talking about from Gino's perspective. Well, relax. He's going to be a free agent. Pipe down. Pipe down. He's, he's going to be a free agent, and I I'm, doubt the Seahawks are going to pay him. I'm talking about Gino's perspective. He's in Seattle, having success. Why the hell, as a free agent, even if they let him go, why would you go back to the Jets where you were awful, you got punched in the face, and missed 10 weeks over $500 by, like, a backup D-tackle? Why the hell would you go back to the Jets? I think if he goes to MetLife Stadium, he's going to, like, get PTSD. Like, he's like a whatever. You know, he he's going to... Yeah, Giant too- fans would go to the game and start booing him for no reason. Well, for the only reason it's not even his fault because he started, he broke Eli Manning's streak. But yeah, maybe G- maybe Gino is the answer to the New York Jets. Imagine you got a you got a shot. Twenty twenty three starter of the New York Jets, Gino Smith runs out on the field, leads them to an eleven and six. NFC East division title. NFC East, yeah. Oh, yes, NFC East, exactly. AFC, He'll be a New York Giant. Yep. East. Oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> MetLife Stadium, NFC East. He's coming back to the G-Men. Let's go. By the way, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he went 11-6 and six and was my starting quarterback next year. I Listen, all the power to you, Gino. Okay. We kind of brought up a little bit for Tua and uh, Jay Herbo. They're playing this weekend. On Sunday Night Football, this game got flexed in. By the way, a little disrespectful to both of our teams. The fact okay. they decided to flex this game in. Don't you complain. I got to watch Commander's Giants on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, by the way, guess who's 0-9 on primetime? Mm, great. Yeah. Jones? Yeah. So, whoop de doo They're both going to be 7-5-1 and and playing for their playoff lives, and I got to watch Daniel Jones shit the bed against the Commanders in Washington. It's going to be great background noise that game. 
I'm nervous. I'm really nervous for that game, and I'm nervous for this week, too. I think the Giants are going to get the doors blown off of them. Mm-hmm. But either way, enough about the flexing. I've seen so much Justin Herbert disrespect the past couple of weeks, and I'm sick of it. I'm genuinely sick of it that this guy who is ultra, ultra talented, has all the makeup in the world to be a phenomenal quarterback, and has showed you so many times that he is so talented, and yet people, that Emmanuel Ocho, that, that, guy, Ancho, oh, that guy's a moron. Is, that guy can go scratch. Yeah, he's he's a moron. I think, if anything, we should be praising Justin Herbert. The yeah. fact that this team is 6-6, six and six, and they are the most hurt team in football by far. Like that, you know that whole bus ranking yeah. rankings thing. They have like five less points than the second to last place team. They're injured. They have an idiot head coach. They have a terrible offensive system. Get get this guy Sean Payton and let's rock. He's he is. You want to talk about that game we just played? The next five years, there are. I'm taking Allen Mahomes and maybe Joe Burrow. Over the next five years, over Justin Herbert, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah, completely agree with you, and I think it's close with Herbert and Burrow as well. I would probably lean Burrow right now, but it's close. Those two, Burrow's unbelievable. He really is. He's so, so good. good. You know, I saw a take, and I actually really like it. Where people they they said, uh, you know, we're always looking for the next Brady uh, Manning rivalry and everything like that. And the guy said, hot take, I think the next Brady Manning isn't Mahomes and Allen. I think it's Mahomes and Burrow. Yeah. You know what's funny? And I, and I meant to – I don't know if I ever talked about it on the show. It's a couple of weeks ago. I'm sitting there, and I'm watching Joe Burrow. And I'm saying to myself, if there was ever a quarterback that just emulates what Tom Brady looked like in his prime, it's Burrow. Yeah. Because he's a great pocket passer. He has great pocket awareness. Um, He – Early in Brady's career, he could slip out of sacks. He could move around a little bit in the pocket. They're not ultra speedy guys, but Burrow's got some legs, probably better than Brady has. Oh, definitely better than Brady, yeah. But, like, they are very, very similar. Like, very similar. It also makes you think, maybe if Brady was a rookie in 2019, 2020, like Joe Burrow was, maybe he would have the same rushing stats and stuff that Joe Burrow right. did just because the game was so different back then and they weren't asking quarterbacks to make plays like that. Yeah. Basically, Big Ben is a rookie. Maybe he could be, could have been Josh Allen and just be like running all over the freaking place. I mean, he had a little meat on him, but... He would have had a little weight. No he's problem. He's a tank running around. He had it, but yeah, Burrow is... He's a fun watch. They're really good. I, w- I would just like to say I am so happy that I'm not watching this Thursday Night Football game right now. Haven't watched a second of it. I have literally like they could be wearing pink jerseys and I wouldn't know it right now. Like, yeah, didn't watch a single clip. Nothing. I mean, it's terrible. It's, I actually ended up taking the Rams tonight too, plus six and a half. Well, They're, it's sixteen to ten Raiders. So that's that's great. See, that's something we love to see. Yeah, the Rams last week too. Can we big? I mean, we didn't even talk about Bigger Mayfield starting. Do we right need now. to talk about that though? No, we don't. But I'm we just do, saying, yeah. like, <laughs> he's starting for them. Like yeah. two days ago, he's picked up. And he's like, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah. Well, he's, he's coming strong. out. He's coming out sharp right now. Seventeen for twenty-eight, one hundred fifty yards. That's not bad for him. That's like a career game for him. Are you kidding me? He um, you think Sean McVay regrets not taking that like fifteen million dollars a year to go do uh? Oh uh, yeah, color analyst on oh yeah. on, on uh, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. He's got it right. I think I think it's like 
I don't even think it's not a hot take even anymore. Like they're done. There, there's no coming back. Jalen Ramsey sucks. I'm yeah. sorry. He's bad. Like he's, he's not like bad, bad where he's like a bench player, but he is not a, one of the best corners in the league anymore. He's not even close. He's burnt toast all over the place. And he doesn't yeah. shut up. That's his problem. He goes, <laughs> oh, I'm him. I'm him. And then Travis Kelsey puts him in a blender in the middle of the field. And he's like, are you him? Is Are, are you still him? I mean, he it's, um, him. it's something else. And you got Donald who just re-upped. Bobby Wagner who actually looks good and can still play. He's not a five-year contract, though, or something. He's signed a long contract there. Yeah. So... Not good for the uh, for the Rams. I I, I do think that may, maybe uh, Amazon Prime's not happy with Kirk Herbstreit, and they're like, you know what, Kirk, you do too much. We're gonna bring Sean in. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I would regret that too. Fifteen million. Maybe Amazon year, Prime be- should stop streaming these Thursday night games because they all suck. They're gonna they're gonna get a Super Bowl one day, JM. Yeah, they probably will. They're gonna get a Super Bowl. They got the Black Friday game next year. Which should actually be pretty cool. I got to block this guy on Twitter. Benjamin Dover. Who? Ben oh. Dover Insider. It's a parody account. Yeah. He, he just said uh, the the twins are signing uh, Dansby Swanson. Oh, good. Um, by the way, I, I saw something today, and I don't know how true it is, but is it like Stafford's got like this disc in his back neck area, and like if he doesn't have this surgery, he's probably going to have to retire. Like I, I think Stafford's like, close to being done at this point i mean he didn't look good this year playing wise i think he might be done obviously the super bowl was won so it was successful but you think jared goff's like laughing a little bit yeah i really think they could have won with him last year i know stafford had a very good year but he's really not that bad he's not but there are some scenarios I'm thinking back. Like, I'm just thinking about a couple of plays that Stafford made that Goff probably couldn't, and it's the difference in them winning games or not. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, like that throw to Cooper Cup against the against the Bucks last year in the divisional yeah, round to yeah. set up. Like, Goff doesn't make that throw. Yeah. Isn't it crazy the way that draft turned out? We thought Wentz and Goff were the future of the league at one point. Yep. And they got paid like it. They got paid like they were the next coming of, you know, with the the Eagles pay him. Yeah. The Eagles paid him, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Eagles paid him. That was part of the, like the, what they traded him. It was like, how the hell are they going to trade him? He had like a $50 million cap hit. Right. Right. That's right. They did pay him. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. He actually just made a comment about the Giants on uh, Amazon Prime on the broadcast. Uh, Something about not getting to finish what, him and Saquon started. Let, in let, me, let me ask you a question. Yeah, shoot. When Odell Beckham Jr. was a giant, I know yeah. one thing you, at least, um, wanted him gone. Like, you, you couldn't stand the guy. Yeah, I think it was time when he was, when they traded him. So, I don't think you were alone in that take at all. I think he was pretty much disliked by the majority of the fan base. Not everybody, but the majority. Why is it that all of a sudden everybody wants him to be a giant again? Let me – I don't think I disliked him. I was tired of him. But that's kind of the same thing. Like, <sighs> what, now you, know. You, he had a timeout, now it's time to bring him back? Like, like he's not – he was never a bad guy, right? Like, No, he wasn't like was, 
put the there's so many the guys that are worse than him. The yes, but the kicking that the Cabo trip, the and Josh again, Norman crap. Those are things that annoy the crap out of you. But when you look at it, it's like he's not a bad guy. So like, I can't dislike him. He's Let annoying. Me, I get all right, tired what about this? Of and I, wait, this? by the way, I'm not saying I need him back. If they brought him back, I'd be wow, that's so cool. Whatever. I'm not yeah. sitting here saying, oh, my God, they need to do this. Please do it. Okay. Let's say he comes back a couple games in. Daniel Jones is not getting him the ball that much. You really think he's just going to, like, keep his mouth shut? No, it's going to be a problem. How do and we know he's that guy? He tore his ACL. He's 30 freaking years old. Jan- he, was, he was good last year. He wasn't prime OBJ. He was good. There's something that I can't understand for the life of me. And I, I need you to see if I'm crazy or not. Last season, when he went to the Los Angeles Rams, one of the reasons why he went there was because he doesn't have to be the number one guy. And frankly, he didn't have to even have to be the number two guy. Yeah. And he ended up playing Woods, you know, toward the end of the year. He did. He was really good for them. I, I thought so. I thought that he fit a role perfectly for the Rams. What makes us think that this guy coming off another knee surgery wants to be the number one guy again? Why in the world would he want to come to the New York? Let's say he was healthy. Because by the way, we don't even know if the guy's healthy or not. Let's say he's fully healthy and has a decision to make right now. Why in the world would he come play in New York, be the number one guy on a team that's not that talented, that's not winning a Super Bowl? Why would he want to do that? That's not a good career. I don't know. I think he's a cowboy or he's nobody. Yeah, Um, I agree. No, I I think the I think the Bills I I I think it's what the are, Cowboys and the Bills. What are the rules with eligibility for the playoffs? He like can, in, he can, he can come back when he can sign when he can sign week eighteen if he wanted and play the yeah. playoffs. Okay. Yeah. The Bills are. I'm sorry, I really don't think the Bills. We talked about it last week. I think they're like the number three team in the AFC right now. Who would you say is one and two? The Chiefs and the Bengals. Wow, the Bengals. The Bengals are. Bunch of dogs. They're for I would I would definitely say the Chiefs. I think we, we agree there. I don't know if I could put the Bengals in front. Let's be honest. This Bills team, obviously, I can say this about any team with a superstar quarterback, but the Bills, especially, you take away Josh Allen. That offense is well, he accounts not for good. He accounts for 81% of their yeah. You got um, Diggs. Offense. Diggs is a stud. Who else is there? Gabe Davis. Single Terry, Zach, uh, not Zach Moss, uh, James Cook, Naeem Hines. The O line is meh. Dawson Knox. It's like a okay offense. Yeah, Allen is everything for that offense, and I think that running game is super inconsistent. I don't know if they can pass their way all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I think there's just better teams in the AFC. By the way, go check out our Instagram and our TikToks, but our Instagram. This graphic your brother made, I, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's great. a great graphic. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it now. I just put it on my story. Um, I got a wager on the bills that I got to take my boss, Dom, out for a nice expensive dinner. They have to get to the AFC championship game or further, so kind of hoping they get there. But – We'll see. Got an exciting week of football, though. I'm pretty pumped. There's some games I really like. I started yeah, looking sure. today. So, um, good luck to our New York teams. I think it's going to be a bloodbath, but you never know. They've surprised <laughs> us before. Anything else you got? I'm optimistic I'm Optimistic for Sunday. Okay. That's, that's all I'll say. 
We beat them before. That was with Mormon Boy. Now we got Mike Flight White. We'll see what happens. Mike Flight White. It's the first time I heard that. I've heard Mike F and White. I've heard uh Mike Flight White. Take flight. Mm. Take okay. flight with Mike White. We'll say we'll talk to you guys next time.